Hey everybody, I want to uh, do something a little bit different here on the telecast today. Uh, some of you are aware, if you've seen them already, that I did a couple of uh, programs dealing with the Valley of Vision from the Puritans. Today, I got a hold of this uh, Andrew Murray book on healing secrets. And I wanted to go over a chapter, reading great portions of it to you as well, called The Holy Spirit, The Spirit of Healing. The Holy Spirit, The Spirit of Healing. And I'm going to use as a text 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4, 9, and 11. And it says this, Now there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. So we see in, in that whole passage, I only read just three little sections of verses, but we see nine spirituals, or gifts of the spirit as we call them. And all of them are given to men at the bequest of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's God who decides what gifts I flow and operate in. It's God who decides what gifts you flow and operate in. We don't really get to say, well, I think I have this gift, and so I claim it, and then I get it. That's really not what the Scripture teaches. The Scripture teaches God's sovereignty in the gifts. Let's read a little bit of what Andrew Murray said about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of healing. What is it that distinguishes the children of God? What is their glory? It is that God dwells in the midst of them and reveals himself to them in power. Exodus 33:16 and 34, 9 and 10. Under the new covenant, this dwelling of God in the believer is even more manifest than in former times. God sends the Holy Spirit to his church, the body of Christ, to act in her with power. So taking a break from his reading, I'll say it this way. The Holy Ghost is the power of the church. The Holy Ghost is the dynamo of the church. The Holy Ghost is the, the element of the church that gives us the dunamis, the dynamic, explosive power of God in the earth today. Hallelujah. Her life and her prosperity depends on the Holy Spirit. The Spirit must find unreserved full liberty in the church so that the church might be recognized as the church of Christ the Lord's body in every age the church may look for manifestations of the spirit for they form our indissoluble unity one body and one spirit according to Ephesians 4 and 4 what makes the church united together a thread running through it is two things, actually three things. It's the Word of God, it's the blood of the Lamb, and it's the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we have this great unity among believers. The Holy Spirit operates in various members of the church at different times. It is possible to be filled with the Spirit for one special work, but not for another. And I think we need to hear Andrew Murray's words right there. So I'm going to say it again. And I've preached this through the years many, many times. It's possible to be filled with the Spirit for one special work. In other words, God's going to fill me to do this, but not for another. Because God doesn't want me over here. And so if I go over here and try to do this, but I'm anointed over here, 
this is going to seem like a, a struggle, like a hardship. Nothing's going to really get done, and I'm going to seem to be spending my wheels. So I need to go back over here to where my anointing is. Okay? So let's read this again. Again, this is the great man of God, Andrew Murray. It is possible to be filled with the Spirit for one special work, but not for another. There are also times in the history of the church where certain gifts of the Spirit are given with power. While at the same time, ignorance or unbelief may hinder other gifts. Whether the more abundant life of the Spirit is to be found, we expect Him in that place to manifest all of His gifts. And I do believe that in any uh, given congregation, all of the gifts of the Spirit should manifest itself. And also the church needs all five of the ministry gifts to be coming in and out of that congregation as well. The gift of healing is one of the most beautiful manifestations of the Holy Spirit. It is recorded of Jesus. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Acts 10.38 The Holy Spirit in him was a healing spirit and he was the same in the disciples after Pentecost. In other words, healing didn't stop with Jesus Christ. Healing went on through the disciples, and the Holy Spirit ministered it in the early church. And healing has not been done away with today either. Healing is still a part of the church today in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So thus, the words of our text express what was the continuous experience of the early churches. Look at Acts 3.7. Look at Acts 4. 4.30 and 5.12 and 5.15 and 16 and Acts 6.8 and Acts 8.7, Acts 9.41, Acts 14.9 and 10, Acts 16.18 and 19, we could go on and on, Acts 19 and 12, Acts 28.8 and 9. The abundant outpouring of the Spirit produced abundant healings. Anytime you get the Spirit of God falling in a congregation, healings are going to be there. Glory to God. Deliverances are going to be there. Hallelujah. The bound are going to be set free. Blinded eyes are going to be opened. Bones are going to quit aching. Hallelujah. In the presence of our healing Jesus. What a lesson for the church in our day. Divine healing is a work of the Holy Spirit. The redemption of Jesus extends... It's powerful working beyond our souls and spirits into our physical bodies. Praise God. And the Holy Spirit is in charge of transmitting it to us and maintaining it in us. So in other words, not only can the believer enjoy divine healing, but we can also walk in divine health as we walk with the Holy Spirit. And it's His job to superintend and maintain that work of the Lord in our lives. Our bodies share in the benefit of the redemption and even now we can receive the pledge of it by divine healing. It is Jesus who heals. Let me, let me say this to you. Some of you are going to fall out with me. You've, you've liked the message so far but you're going to fall out with me right now. It's Jesus who heals. Okay, I don't believe in divine healers. But I do believe in divine healing. I want to say that again. I do not too very much believe in divine healers. 
And some of what's taking place in the church world today, I think, is little more than a show. But I definitely do believe in divine healing. And I believe Jesus is the one who heals. And it's because of His shed blood and because of the cross that Jesus can heal today. And He does heal His people today. And sometimes He heals sinners today as a calling card to bring the gospel to their lives. Jesus is still in the healing business. It's also Jesus who anoints and baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus who baptized His disciples with the same Spirit. It is Jesus who sends us the Holy Spirit here on earth to take sickness away from us and to restore us to health. Divine healing comes along with sanctification by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes us partakers of Christ's redemption in order to make us holy. Alright, let me say that again. Why are we redeemed? We are redeemed to, to not go to hell? Absolutely. We are redeemed also to be made holy by the Holy Spirit. So we should be living holy lives. And when somebody comes to Christ and they get saved and they quit smoking cigarettes and they quit drinking alcohol of any kind in any amount and they come and they stop doing drugs and all of these things, that gives the Holy Spirit something to work on to make their bodies come into line with the Word of God and walk in healing. Hallelujah. So healing uh, goes right along with sanctification by the Spirit. Therefore, the healing that the Holy Spirit works in us is an intrinsic part of His divine mission. I want you to, I want you to hear that. An essential part, an intrinsic part of the divine mission of the Holy Spirit is divine healing. He bestows this healing to lead the sick to become converted and to believe. You can look at Acts 4, 29 and 30. You can look at Acts 5, 12 and 14. Acts 6, 7 and 8. Acts 8, 6 and 8. Acts 9, 42. To confirm the faith of the converted at that calling card of divine healing. The Spirit constrains him thus to renounce sin and consecrate himself entirely to God and to his service. We can give you four scriptures for that also. 1 Corinthians 11.31, James 5.15 and 16, Hebrews 12.10, Acts 4.29. Now listen, I heard Brother Summerall say this a lot. God is not running a charity hospital for the devil. That's what we've been talking about here. God is calling you to renounce sin. He is calling you to consecrate yourself to the Lord. And then that healing can manifest in your life. Hallelujah. Divine healing, nextly, glorifies Jesus. It is God's will that His Son should be glorified. And the Holy Spirit does this when He comes to show us what the redemption of Christ does for us. The redemption of the mortal body appears almost more marvelous than that of the immortal soul. It's not, but it, it appears that way because we don't see a soul and we see the body. In these two ways, the redemption of the soul, the redemption of the body. And incidentally, let me say this, because I want to bring clarity to it at this point before we close. You can go to heaven sick, but you can't go to heaven a sinner. And so the most important step that you can take, the most important gift you can receive from God, is the gift of salvation of your eternal soul. 
You can go to heaven and have a sickness, but you can't go to heaven unholy. And the way that you become holy is by being washed in the blood of Jesus. And so let's clarify that we're talking about healing. Healing really isn't a side issue though. Healing is a, a essential part of the mission of the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, healing, uh, being sick will not keep you out of heaven, but being filled with sin will keep you out of heaven. And so as you seek these things, you need to have a proper balance for your thought life where healing and where salvation is concerned. Now, the ultimate glorification of our body is yet to come. And so somebody asked me, well, I know so-and-so that had this terrible cancer, and they loved the Lord with all of their heart, and we quoted scriptures, and we claimed healing, and they died. Well, you know what? If they died in faith, then they got healed. God's going to heal in one of three ways. God's going to heal instantly. God's going to heal over a period of time. Or God's going to heal in eternity when you get to heaven. But they are healed. Okay, so dying in faith is not bad. Alright? We, we await the day, all of us, when we will have a glorified body. That day is yet future, and when that time comes, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more disease to torment the human race. That is also a part of God's divine healing program. Let's close it out by saying this. Divine healing takes place wherever the Spirit of God works in power. Examples of this are to be found in the lives of the Reformers and in other men and women of God called to his service over the centuries. But there are even more promises accompanying the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that have not been fulfilled up to this time. So we, can, we are actually living in these days where healing is concerned, where salvation is concerned, where the baptism in the Holy Ghost is concerned, where any of the gifts of the Spirit are concerned, we are in uncharted waters at times that promises that God has given in His Word have not yet been realized. And so we are in exciting times. We are trailblazers, glory to God. We are, we are pioneers of faith, glory to God. There are even more promises that accompany the outpouring that have not been fulfilled up to this time. So let us, you and me today, live in holy expectations praying for the Lord to accomplish your promises in us. That should be our heart. That should be our goal, even as Andrew Murray stated here. Our goal should be, Lord God, fulfill your word in me. Lord God, complete your promise in me. And we don't know necessarily what that might be, but we can see plainly what he's written plainly in the word. And so we stand on that word, even when it doesn't look good, even when it looks impossible, and even when it looks hopeless. But we know that God can do it, and it's His desire to perform His promises in the heart and life of every believer. Let me encourage you today as I close this message. When you go out of here today, you go out of here with the desire to live holy and pure and righteous before the Lord, understanding that that can only happen through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so you make that commitment to Him today that you're going to live committed. You're going to live completely sold out and surrendered to His will. And you take His promises and you stand for Him with everything within you. Somebody said, well, what if it doesn't work for me? Listen, we don't think about what if it doesn't work. 
If, if, if you need healing and you're believing God for healing today and you wake up in the next moment and you're in glory, you're healed. Or if that healing manifests itself right now in your life, then you're healed. But either way, you're healed. And so your, your prerogative is, Lord, perform your promise in me. Do with me what your will desires, and I stand ready to receive it in Jesus' name. We cannot look at the what-ifs, because all of us are going to face those what-ifs at one time or another. I'm getting a little older now. I feel things in my body that I didn't feel before. But I cannot sit and entertain what-ifs. I have to believe God for healing and divine health to be in my life. And if the Lord desires to call me home, then I got to go. I'm ready to go. Amen? I mean, I can't sit and question His performance of His promises. But I know that ultimately His promises will be performed in my life. And so I cling to that. I hold on to that. But most importantly, we need to ready our lives. Ready our lives for Jesus Christ and live holy, washed in the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of healing and I believe personally that that healing always starts internally I believe it starts with healing over sin healing from sin that we get saved by the blood of Jesus and then we get baptized in the Holy Ghost and he begins to conform our life to the image of Christ that's the first step of divine healing I believe and secondly it manifests itself in every area of our life our minds will think better uh, we won't be as nervous and as worried as we used to be. Our physical bodies won't be sick like they used to be. And all of that is a part of the gospel. Every bit of that is a part of the gospel. And the, the questions that we cannot answer, we leave them alone. We leave them with the Lord. The Lord will tell us one day, by and by. But right now, we know what His Word says. We can read it. It is plain. So we need to stand on it by faith and let the Lord do a mighty work in us. This is Brother Paxton from the great state of Virginia saying, go with God, and he will go with you. Bless you.